Thanks for downloading episode 67 of the Shrimps Verdict podcast. All opinions expressed to those of the individual contributors and not necessarily those of either Morecambe Football Club or of Beyond Radio. Every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio. Hunter, he's, he's hobbling off, there is movement, it's and uh, he's going to see us and Manifane yeah. uh, get out there. Real shame, real shame that one, Matt. I mean, you know, any Shrimps fan will tell you that he's looked really, uh, really good, really filled with quality since arriving in the summer. So to see him come off after only five minutes is a real shame. Look, gets it back. Good ball into... Taylor, Taylor with the cross chance here for Liam Gibson and he's put it over the bar. Chance here now for Oxford. It's the captain, great save from Ripley. Shouts for a penalty. No, not for me. No, referee straight away as well. Just waving his finger. A few protests from the lad, but I didn't really see too many Oxford players asking the question, to be honest. And that sometimes speaks volumes for you, doesn't it? Big chance, though, for Oxford. Farney keeps the ball in play. Good work from Farney. Looks inside, finds Connolly. Chance here for Connolly. Great ball. It's been knocked back. Here is the chance. And it's in! And it's a goal for Morecambe! Jensen Weir with the strike. Two minutes into the second half. And the shrimps are ahead. Great work from Osamani Farney in the build-up. Ball went across. It was a great knockback from Connolly. Straight to Jensen Weir. And he's beaten Simon Eastwood. And the Shrimps lead by a goal to nil here on Beyond Radio. And it is the perfect start to the second half. And those 130 Morecambe fans who've made their way down to the Kassam this afternoon are jubilant. It's Oxford United nil, Morecambe won. Love with the cross, it's headed away, there's a body on the floor and Connolly's going to get there first. Chance for the Shrimps to break. Look at that run in centre field as Connolly gets down the edge, he's got it across to Jensen Jensen Weir with the shot, just can't get hold of it. And it's gone to the right of the post, but what a run from Jensen Weir to get there. As the corner comes in, it's headed down, it's gone in. It's fallen to Kyle Joseph, 55 minutes on the clock, corner knocked out with loose ball around the six-yard box, and Kyle Joseph isn't going to miss a chance like that, and here on Shrimps Live on Beyond Radio, it's Morecambe 1, Oxford 1. That's a disappointing goal to concede, Matt, just unable to clear that first ball in, and they were first to, uh, to act to the second phase. And it was quite a scruffy goal, wasn't it, from Oxford United's point of view? Just nestles into the top corner. Seddon's cross is deep towards the back post. It's headed in by Borden. It's dropped to Taylor. Here's a chance, and Connor Ripley with the save from the header from Kyle Joseph. Again, dangerous moments, but lost the ball cheaply, and it allowed Oxford to counter. Yeah, it did, yeah. Kyle Joseph not really getting the power needed to really test Connor Ripley there. Straight down his throat, wasn't it? It's with Oxford then, just near the edge of the area. It's in towards the goal scorer, Joseph. And Joseph turns, great save 
from Conor Ripley and these chances and the pressure are building up for Oxford at the moment, aren't they? They are indeed. Conor Ripley's doing well though. He's doing well to keep Oxford United at bay. Brannigan then looks to go from distance and he's parried away by Ripley. And it's cleared into the stand and this pressure's building again, isn't it? It is. It is. Quite a fierce strike, I think it's fair to say. Ripley just palms it away, thankfully not into the path of an onrushing Oxford United man. Cut out by Spasov. It's with Joseph. Cross comes in. Spasov six out. Gets the deflection. Great block. Great block. Connor Ripley's going mad, but what a block from Anthony O'Connor. Huge chance. Needed to get the foot in there, and that's Ball's what he's back done. in play with Taylor. Taylor's cross to the back post. Too much on it. Can't be kept in by Kyle Joseph, but Anthony O'Connor has saved Morecambe there. The Shrimps were celebrating that like it was a goal, weren't they? Fantastic defending. And that's what it means to these Morecambe players. Wow, what a block from Anthony O'Connor has saved, potentially saved the point for the Shrimps. Incredible defending. Reaction to the action. This is the Shrimps verdict on Beyond Radio. Yeah, a very good game, you know, today. I thought that, uh, you know, Oxford obviously struggling at home to, to get wins. They had lost their last two games and uh, we obviously went ahead in the game with a, a well-worked goal and a great finish from Jensen Weir. Um, we dealt well with the shape that Oxford tried today. Um, we limited them to very few opportunities on target and uh, we were unfortunate not to have taken the three points. They came into the game late on in the game, they threw a ball into the box. It was a scramble and uh, they got the equaliser but um, we probably feel that uh, a draw is a fair result Great for Jensen to get off the mark with such a good goal Yeah I mean he took it really well we broke down uh, Oxford's right hand side and uh, I think that the opportunity came about because we pressed him high Uh, it was a great slip pass across and uh, he finished it into the bottom corner Uh, so it was great to go ahead in the game he probably felt that we could you know hold off and uh, you know take the three points the downside for you, I think, was uh, that the lead only lasted eight minutes. Yeah, I mean, for them to put a long ball into the box and not deal with it uh, is not like us, but it bobbled about a bit and uh, they were able to you know, get that. But uh, in the end, you know, we're down to, to the bones. We had 18 players here today. We used all our substitutes. We don't have any more players in the building. Uh, we had an injury today to, to Ash Hunter. We had one to Max Melbourne in midweek, so... Um, you know we're really up against it now, and uh, uh, that is you know going to be difficult for us to uh, play on Tuesday. A real blow to lose Ash Hunter after just five minutes. Yeah, I mean, you know he was had fatigued, and, and that's understandable. You know the the amount of games we've had to play uh, in the month of August uh, is is really really hard. I don't think that um, it should be the case. Um, we've had to play League Cup games. Um, we've also had to play league games back to back Monday, uh, sorry Tuesday, Saturday. So that's been extremely difficult from a uh, a management point of view. And if you don't have a big squad, then uh, you're going to you know come into a bit of difficulty. And, and that's what happened today. And Liam Gibson, he went off as well towards the end. Yeah, he went off with cramp. Uh, and you know, to be fair, they put in 
a really good shift today, all the players. We've had three very tough away games in Peterborough, Bolton and Oxford. And, uh, you know, that's been a tough schedule for us to deal with. And uh, we away to Rotherham win the League Cup uh, on Tuesday night. So um, we'll see, you know, what we've got to, to come out in that game. On the positive side, Cole Stockton came off the bench at half-time. How was he? Yeah, I mean, he's been ill for the past week. He hasn't been in since uh, last Friday. So he came in yesterday, trained yesterday. And um, we put him on the bench today. He came on for the, the second 45 minutes with Dylan Connolly, uh, which, you know, helped us because Arthur and John Abika, uh, you know, did really well up front. The speculation around Cole isn't going away. Are there any updates that you can give the fans or anybody? Yeah, I mean, that'll come from uh, the club when... Uh, the, the time is appropriate but at, at this moment in time um, we have had no bid that has been accepted and uh, we've had uh, a couple of bids that have been derisory uh, to, to say the least and um, we won't be allowing them to, to leave for that we we have well, the owners have a value you know for him and uh, he knows that, we've spoken to him and unfortunately when you sign a contract you have to stay until your owners say that you can go otherwise and uh, you know, we would like him to stay. We offered him a new contract, we offered him to be the highest paid player at the club and um, so be it. Just over a week or so to go to the transfer deadline, will you be glad when it's all over? Well I've got no more money to spend so um, that's a, a problem uh, at, at this moment in time. I'm down on players which is a real problem. Uh, so, um, from from my point of view, um, I hope the window's open for another six months. Found Rawson a one-one draw against Oxford today. Yeah, thoughts overall on the game? Yeah, it was a it was a tough game. They uh, they're a good side and uh, they had uh, good spells in the game. But I think overall we stepped up. We uh, we were resilient and um, it was a warm day. It turned out to be a warm day, so it was a, it was hard bit of graft. I think if you could see me out there, I was sweating like a hippopotamus. Um, and I think the lads were, were incredible throughout the whole 90 minutes. We stuck in there and um, we showed some real grit, especially when, they, when we conceded the goal. It's very easy to get your head down and, and the momentum goes with them, but we, we stuck in there, we defended when we needed to. And that's not just the 11 on the pitch, that's the lads coming on because we needed, needed quite a few of them today and that's going to be a, throughout the whole season. But I think overall, if you, if you look at the result point on the road against a good side, we'll, we'll take that and we'll move on. Was it just disappointing that you took the lead but only held on to it for eight minutes? Was that the only disappointment of the game? Yeah, really? yeah. I think um, you can see in our performances that we're just that close from from getting those three points. But I think you can come away with a lot of positives. Like I said, we were really resilient. A lot of teams could have gone under today, and we didn't. We stuck our chest out, and we uh, we stuck in there. And um, so. You can be disappointed, but it's early doors in the season. You can't be disappointed for long because uh, the games are coming thick and fast. So um, Tuesday, we've got another tough test in the Cup, which we, we want to go and excel and, and try to get into the next round. And then Saturday again, another hard game. So got to put it behind us, got to, got to look at the game, review it, try and improve as a team. And I think if we keep sticking together like we are and, and keep pushing in the right direction, that, that three points is just around the corner. I've just spoken to the manager and he says that your August schedule has been crazy really, far too many games at this stage of the season. What do you think of that? Yeah, it's, it's tough. It, it has been tough, but it's football, I guess. <laughs> With COVID and stuff, they, we had a crazy backlog of games as well. And I think the gaffer's right, he's got a point there. It is Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. Feels like, it feels like we've got no time at all, do you know what I mean? But end of the day, we're, 
we're here, we get paid, we get paid to do a job, so um, there'll be no mooning from my side, it's doing something I love to do, so um, now we just got to prepare properly, be as professional as, pro pro as, professional as possible and um, recover as best as we can and just keep trying to emulate the performances we're doing and I think we'll be alright. Jacob Bedell's come in the last two games to join you and Ryan Delaney. How's that worked for you? Because it looks pretty solid overall. No, oh, yeah, fine. Um, Jacob's come in and he's top guy. He's been he's been really good. He's come in and he uh, he's fitted right in. Like I said, we're a good set of lads, um, and he's just um, come in and complimented us even more. And like I said, is we feel we feel as a as a unit, as a team, we feel solid. We don't feel leaky, which is good. And he's just come in and added to that. So. Um, now, looking forward to the future, playing with him and and seeing what happens. Just need that first win now. Yeah, hundred percent. Like I said before, is we're working hard tirelessly on the training pitch. We're, um, we're really pushing each other, and I think you can see the effort, the amount of effort that goes in on on every game. I think you can never question that with this team. That sometimes <clears throat> the ball doesn't drop for us, but we'll always put hundred percent in. And um, I think if we keep doing what we're doing, it's it's just a matter of time, and those three points will come. It's the Shrimps Verdict Podcast, part of Shrimps Live on Beyond Radio. Hello from Dave Salmon. Thank you for downloading this episode on Apple, Google and Spotify, or if you're listening via beyondradio.co.uk. Don't forget to subscribe if you're on a podcast platform. Click the bell icon as well so you can be notified when brand new episodes drop into the feed. They happen after every single game in League and Cup. Highlights, reaction and special guests as well. Uh, now, you might have noticed that I wasn't on commentary on Shrimps Live this afternoon that's because i'm currently on holiday in greece but because i am a slave to what we do i still thought i'd bring you the podcast live we are recording this uh, from my hotel room overlooking the pool very nice it is too and we had the fabulous matt horton on commentary today alongside matt smith from the shrimps media team matt is back on comms next saturday for our game at the mazuma against mk dons and uh, for the next couple of tuesdays you've got the equally fabulous johnny crowther looking after you on comms for our uh, carabao cup clash which more of in a second on uh, tuesday against rotherham and also against everton under 21s in the papa john's trophy i'll see you back on shrimps live on saturday the 3rd of September for our away trip to uh, Bristol Rovers coming up between now and the end of this episode of the Shrimps Verdict another chance to hear the Q&A in the local choice suite last Saturday with Shrimps legend Jim Bentley Jim was in fine form speaking to Beyond Radio's Greg Lambert if you missed it we'll uh, play that for you one more time in a little while but ahead of Tuesday's second round Carabao Cup clash at the New York Stadium with Rotherham United I've been talking to to uh, Miller's superfan Will Daniels to get the full SP on Paul Warns men. Now a championship side, of course, ahead of our trip to Yorkshire this coming Tuesday. So, Will, thanks for jumping on the podcast. Uh, I guess my first question has to be, how is life in the championship? I mean, life in the championship, Dave, is absolutely beautiful. The sun's been shining at the New York and uh, we've seen some amazing football to start. So, uh, yeah, pretty happy with uh, with the start so far. You you are described as I don't like using the phrase yo-yo side because that's I think that's a bit disrespectful to a quality football club. But you have been up and down between the Championship and League One in recent seasons. You look at the names on the Championship table at the moment. Oh my goodness me! It, it's 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 absolute gold every single week, isn't it? 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's frightening the amount of money that's been spent within the championship. Probably less so this season compared to some of the other uh, seasons that we've seen. But this Rotherham team is is a side that is full of grit, full of determination. We're not going to be able to spend probably as much as I would say twenty two of, of the other teams that are in the league, but. Um, you know, what we have done really well over the summer is recruit uh, really well uh, from, for example, uh, Belgium and, and Holland and uh, look at, at uh, signings from that other people probably wouldn't look at as, as championship players. Connor Washington, for example, bagged his first goal on Saturday and, and looks a real threat up top. Um, Cameron Humphreys was the guy that I was referencing previously, a guy that has been at uh, Man City and, and gone out to Belgium and done really, really well for himself and looks every bit of uh, a championship player. So we've recruited really well. Um, and yeah, it's going to be a really, really difficult uh, season. But uh, I think everyone by this point has written us off, put put us uh, in their bottom three for the 1-24s. So post it on the wall um, and we'll uh, we'll give it a good go. You lost a couple of key players as well, Will. Have you suitably, notably to Sheffield Wednesday, have you uh, suitably replaced them? Good question. So losing someone like Michael Smith, who's been an ever-present in our side um, for the last four or five years or so, was tough to take. Uh, and similarly with uh, with Michael Heckway as well, a guy that was uh, part of a, a really formidable defence last season. Um, certainly in terms of defensively, Cameron Humphreys, as I say, has come into the side and looked absolutely brilliant. So I think from a defensive point of view, we've probably replaced him. Our style of play has changed ever so slightly uh, in coming into the Championship without Michael Smith because as of so far, we did sign Tom Eves, uh, who can play that, a similar type of role, but um, he's been injured, so we haven't had that that big guy that you can just uh, whack a, a long ball up to and he'll hold it up and bring other players into play. What we've done is we've allowed uh, defences to win those first balls, but then be, being really proactive in in working on the second balls and, you know, um, using our pace. Uh, we've used uh, Chidozi Ogbené, who's playing uh, more as a 10 uh, or a striker role for us this season, as opposed to his, his right wing-back slot that he was playing for us last season so uh, that pace and power so far has caused um the the sides that we've played in Swansea and uh, and Reading a lot of problems so fingers crossed if we can keep uh, keep every, everyone fit we can do a lot of damage in the championship this year so plenty to be encouraged about then will when the draw <laughs> was made for the second round of the Carabao Cup I'll be brutally honest I was a little bit disappointed that would only drew Rotherham in inverted commas because I think we fancied a, a Premier League side away from home uh, to, to have a, a good day out uh, and a, a decent payday as well. It'd be a, a decent crowd in the New York Stadium, of course. But the fact that we were in League One last season, it, it, it was it, it felt a little bit flat. But I suppose on the other hand, we've got half a chance of getting into the third round. So how, how do you see it and how do Rotherham or how seriously do Rotherham take the Carabao Cup? It's a good question. Um, so for us, I mean, it's a really good opportunity for us to make money as well. Uh, we recognise, I think, 12 championship sides went out in round one. So for both of us, we can look at this game as as one that we can try and progress and, and uh, find a Premier League side um, in, in round three, hopefully. Um, it's obviously for us not going to be as important as staying in the championship. And I, I guess 
for you guys, a similar situation for League One. Uh, so we might see some some fringe players from uh, from our perspective, um, the likes of Cohen Bramall, who's been on the bench for the last uh, couple of weeks or so, but um, has searing pace to cause a lot of pro- problems for a lot of defences. Um, we've got uh, a lot of defensive players that we can bring in to, to freshen that up as well. So uh, we do have quite a lot of depth within the squad, I think, this year. So it, listen, we'll want to win every game that we possibly can because within the Championship, you aren't going to get those opportunities to win uh, a significant amount of games this season, I, I would suggest. So um, it could be really good for confidence. And as, as I say, hopefully a, a round three slot. But when the first... When the draw first came out, I said to, to Tom a couple of days before, um, Tom Shrimps Online, obviously you guys will know him really, really well. Um, I said to Tom, uh, I think uh, it'll be you lot at the New York Stadium. And he sort of laughed it off. Um, and uh, and here we are now. Um, so, Tom, if you're, uh, if you're listening, I'm always right, mate. <laughs> we had two, um, two interesting encounters in the league last season, well, didn't we? Um, the 1-0 victory at our place way back, almost a year ago, the Michael Smith wind-assisted effort, a rocket into the top corner. If you are a Rotherham fan, of course, I think it just caught, caught the breeze and caught our keeper out. But at your place, we were in transition. Stephen Robinson had just left. We hadn't quite pointed Derek Adams. It was the caretakers in charge for that one game. He won 2-0 on that night. But I'll be honest, I thought second half... We absolutely battered you, and it was only your goalkeeper who had one of the games of his life that that, that kept it at two nil. Yeah, I mean, very very surprised actually. Um, I, I didn't expect that level of performance from Morecambe, given what was happening at the time. Um, but we had players like Stockton that were just, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of, play, uh, of a lot of our fans, sorry, that were looking at that game and saying we should sign Cole Stockton off the back of how well he played in that game. And he, he wasn't the only one. It felt like a team that, uh, I think I said in, in the preview, actually, um, with you, it felt like a team that had nothing to lose, uh, that were just absolutely playing for their, their place for the next manager. Um, and, you know, what a performance from you lot. Um, and and in the, on the end, in the end of the day, um, you know, we probably didn't deserve to take three points that night, but glad, glad we did. Cause obviously that way could have been the difference to us being promoted or not. Well, it was it was nip and tuck, wasn't it? Whether you were going to go up automatically or go up in the playoffs. At one point, you were comfortably in the top two and it was all looking fabulous. And then MK Dons were pulling it back. And I think we always knew that Wigan were probably going to win the title last season. So you're always possibly playing for that second spot to an extent. But it was tight, perhaps tighter than you wanted it to be, but you got over the line eventually. Yeah, I mean, just you describing it like that gives me a little bit of PTSD, if I'm honest. Um, we were, we should have been out of sight. Uh, you know, that it was one of those situations where from probably January onwards, we didn't really play particularly well, but we were getting a lot of results. So whilst we were picking up results and everyone was saying, you know, rather we're going to blitz this league and that's great. But when a couple of results don't go your way, the fear then starts to set in. And, and I think we saw that a little bit towards the end of the season. We were the ones being chased, you know, the Wiggins, the MKs, you know, wanted to get promoted, but I don't think had the noose around the neck that we did in that in that sense. So um, it took a while to get over the line, but 
you know, the record suggests that in 2021 to 2022, Rotherham United were promoted. And uh, I, I will never forget that day at Gillingham. What a, an unbelievable day. And not only for me, but for Georgie Kelly as well to come on to make your debut and, and cause those absolute limbs is just unbelievable. And we were obviously very happy ourselves when he scored that goal because it, it put Gillingham out of the picture in terms of, of catchiness. So yeah. uh, it was it, it was all good stuff, really. So uh, the circle was complete. But MK Dons, to get the best part of 90 points and not get promoted, they're going to be gutted. But I'm sure they'll come on again strong uh, this season as well. So let's talk about the game then, Will. Uh, you've, you've hinted that there might be a few changes for the people that didn't see Rotherham or are unfamiliar with the Paul Warren side uh, of this season. What do we need to know? Formation, players, tell us what we need. So in, in terms of the actual team, as I say, it's, it's quite difficult to be able to predict it because I think we'll we'll make a few changes. Richard Wood, for example, is now, I think, 59. So he obviously can't play three games in a week. Uh, he will come out of the side. Now, I would imagine we'll play players like Jamie McCart that we've just fetched in from uh, St. Johnston. Uh, Lee Peltier, who's uh, been playing championship football for the majority of his, his career, to be fair, and has just... Uh, just Grace the New York turf, and we've uh, fetched in Grant Hall as well uh, within that uh, that defensive uh, unit. We've uh, we've not changed uh, in that sense. Uh, still playing uh, sort of a four-one-three, sorry, three-one-four-two. When I can get my words out, uh, with a holding midfielder in Barlasso, spray the balls out to our wing backs. Um, we've actually just lost Peter Kioso uh, in the Carabao Cup last uh, last week. Uh, through a groin injury, which is going to keep him out of this game. So, uh, one, he's trying to get a, a right wing back in as we speak, um, but uh, we we might see uh, a new addition playing in this game um, for that. Uh, then you've got the likes of Scott High, who's coming from uh, from Huddersfield, who uh, can dictate play uh, a little bit deeper um, as like a deep lying playmaker, but also play a little bit further forward as well as a box to box midfielder. Um, and then you'll have probably either Jamie Lindsay or uh, Ollie Rathbone as well, who's like the little rat uh, that just uh, snaps at the heels and makes things very difficult for you. Um, and then probably one of um, well, you'll have uh, probably Tommy Eves or uh, or Kelly or possibly even uh, Josh Coyote, who uh, who's just coming back from injury as well, uh, up there as well. So in terms of the way that we, we play, it hasn't really changed too much from, from last season. We're always looking to get a ball out wide, uh, put crosses in the box and make things difficult for those, those central defenders. Uh, set pieces are always a big, big thing for us as well. Um, and... Uh, just trying to get the ball down a little bit more this season and play a little bit more football, which has caught a few teams a little bit, uh, a little bit unawares. But um, I'm sure you guys will, will do your research and see if you can counteract that. And of course, we beat a championship side in round one in Stoke City. Yeah. And they bought on most of their first team in the second half to try and get the job done. Couldn't score against us. We beat Preston of um, Blackburn, of course, last season before then narrowly losing to Preston in the second round. So it, it might not perhaps be the walkover uh, that you might expect. No, uh, listen, it's it's again that situation where you guys come into the game as underdogs. You have absolutely nothing to lose um, and who don't want to play at a Premier League ground. You know, there's no guarantee that, that could happen in the next next round, but you give yourselves the best chance if you uh, can get through the tie. So uh, Warney and, and certainly myself, 
Um, obviously, we're not the same person, but uh, we won't be uh, taking this lightly. Um, it's it's a great opportunity for for both teams to make uh, the next round and make a little bit of money and and add to those uh, transfer coffers. So, fingers crossed. Uh, hopefully, it's a Miller's win, but anything can happen on the night, can't it? And Paul Warner's a manager. Will he's a fan's favourite, isn't he? Everybody loves him. Yeah, I mean, he's just released um, a a podcast via uh, BBC Sounds, Moment of Truth. If you haven't had a chance to listen to that, I I highly recommend it. It's just a really good insight in terms of what it's like to be a manager at at this wonderful wonderful football club and and the pressures that he feels as a man um, in in leading this team. And I found it really insightful. He's, for me, the most emotionally intelligent manager in the EFL. Uh, Gets a lot of stick for uh, his vulnerability uh, from our own supporters, even, to be honest. Um, But I wouldn't want anyone else leading my football club. And he's he, along with uh, his coaching team, Richie Barker um, and Matt Hamshaw um, and the team behind them as well, um, have, have really instilled something special within within the team. So hopefully we can uh, kick on this season and, and give him a, a championship, um, another year in the championship next year. That podcast is is highly recommended on BBC Sounds, by the way. It is, it is a fantastic listen. So it sounds to me, Will, as if it's going to be contrasting styles between two managers who play very, very differently. We are going to try and soak up the pressure, minimal possession and hit you on the break and obviously try and make it as hard as possible for, for you to break us down. Yeah, I mean, that def- that definitely could happen on the night as well. I, I don't know how you lot are going to um, set up what's happening with Cole and uh, and that sort of situation. So that could uh, provide some, some uh, interesting things for the night. Um, but yeah, um, Really looking forward to Morecambe coming to the New York Stadium again. I think uh, is it is it the third time that you got, you guys have been here? I reckon it's the third time. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I remember an absolutely mad game um, in in the uh, Carabao Cup. Actually, um, I think you you lot might have beaten us that that night. Um, hopefully, that's not an omen for uh, for what's <laughs> about to happen. Um, <laughs> yeah, we uh, we've got some revenge to to seek, but yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens but yeah certainly contrasting styles on the night could happen um, we know what Derek Adams is going to bring it's going to be a pretty horrible affair his teams aren't easy to play against um, you haven't as far as I can see so far created a huge amount of chances um, so it'll be interesting to see if that changes before um, and during the game as well um, so yeah bring it on Slight caveat in that, Will, we have um, we, we are recording this quite early because I am going on holiday imminently um, and hopefully we've put four past Bolton and another four past Oxford, but so we'll wait and see. Uh, <laughs> early indications suggest that you might be correct, though. Uh, Will, thank you for jumping on the pod. Appreciate it. One final question before you go. Uh, will Rotherham be a championship football club still in May? Ooh, that's putting me on the spot. Um Honestly, in my 1-24s, to I actually put us in that bottom three. But what I've seen so far this, this season is, is a different team to what I expected. Um, we've got a little bit of work to do in the transfer window. And if we can get everything done that uh, I think we need to get done, um, I'm confident that next season we'll be uh, gracing the championship turf once again. And with a bit of luck, there'll only be one league between us rather than to keep our fingers crossed for both of those. Absolutely. Will, thank you so much. Um Always appreciate your time. Always great to chat to you about things at Rotherham and, and General Football League. Uh, we'll talk to you next time, my friend. Thanks very much indeed. 
Cheers, mate. Miller superfan Will Daniels there previewing our second round Carabao Cup clash at the New York Stadium this coming Tuesday against Rotherham United. Full commentary, of course, on Shrimps Live as ever, FM and DAB. And on iFollow uh, from 7.30, Johnny Crowther and Matt Smith bringing you all the action live. Now, if you uh, missed the audio of the Jim Bentley Q&A from last Saturday, uh, Jimbo was in the local choice suite. He was a special guest of the club before the game with Fleetwood Town. And he was in fine form as well. If you missed it last week, uh, here's another chance uh, to catch exactly what he said. He was in conversation with Beyond Radio's Greg Lambert. This has been a proper love affair for me and Morgan. Not just the football club, but the town as well. You know, I, I like to think they play me part in the town and promote their club's name and, and, and put the town on the map. So, you know, I take great pleasure in what what I've achieved as a player and as a manager. A lot of people might, might disagree with that, but that's football. But, uh, you know, giving me a hand, so I love the place and I always love coming back. So thinking back, it's 20 years, like I mentioned, since you first started at Morecambe. What's your, what's your memories of that first? I'm yeah, six. I think Robbie Talbot was late at the pickup, so we ended up coming in late, but, you know, back to the old Christie Park, and I think um, we had a meeting in the downstairs bar area. Paul Pye was in there, Paul Pye Pete. Uh, Robbie is a member. used to usually sat at the bar any, any time of the day. But uh, yeah, you know, students have come in, got introduced to me new teammates like to Drummy, Andy Galp, you know, some uh, Jamie Murphy, some big personalities. Uh, but settled straight in, you know, it was no problem, it was a, it was a good place to be. Um, you just going full time, I just left full time at Selfridge United. You know, I had a couple of options to go elsewhere, but I wanted to stay local and, and this was relatively local to where I was and, you know, that was the first day of, of, of what seemed like a lifetime. Would you say was your favourite teammate to play with? When I first come to the club, Stewie Drummond was obviously been here a long time and a very good player. And then you went down the, you know, over the years. Michael Swiss, the year we went on, was fantastic. Carl Baker, when he was signed, had a great relationship with Dave Artel. You know, we used to travel together, room together. I think we got 13 or 14 between us one season. Uh, so the loose was always good fun. I've had some, I've gone up to all types of mis- mischief or bears, things I don't repeat because my kids are over here. But, you know, it's uh, loads and loads of good times, you know, some, some fantastic memories. And even when I come back and I look at these places and I think all that and that, and we speak about the, you know, the Morecambe Bay. I remember getting in a boat once with Carl Bacon about five o'clock in the morning, Morecambe Bay, nearly ended up in Barrow and it's <laughs> just, Absolute carnage, but that's what it's all about. You've got to enjoy what you're doing, and you know, some of us probably enjoy it a little bit too much, but there you go. I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it. You know, everything happens for a reason. Been fantastic as say 17 and a half years, so really proud of what I've been, what I've done. You know, and uh, I always look forward to coming back and seeing, you know, good people, people that will be, I've got friends up here, be friends forever, but people I enjoy catching up with every time they come. It's only the second time I've been. Since I've been away, you know, into the Portsmouth game. Uh, but yeah, love it. I was reading that you used to have this uh, initiation whenever new players came to the club involving a wheelie bin. Is that true? Can you tell us about that? Yeah, very much true, yeah. Some of the lads we couldn't fit in, trying to get the likes of Joe Lewis and people like that was, uh, you couldn't shut the top. But uh, we used to get them in the away room at Christie Park and I used to go through, get them in the wheelie bin, shut the lid, wheel them in. 
open the door, and then when we give him a little clap, and when I knock the side of it, then I would pop out and that's a safety way where they come from and sing the song for everyone. And sometimes if you got fined, you know, it was a big fine, you'd be in there as well. You know, I found myself in there once, so I wouldn't do anything that, you know, I wouldn't expect to do myself, so. All part and parcel of the great team spirit, you know, it, it took us a long way. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a massive part of any football club. And, and uh, we had an abundance, you know, for years. You know, we always did all right every year, and obviously we went up. And I tried to instill that, you know, when, when I become manager as well. Not down those lengths, but it's funny when you become a manager because you've got to rein yourself in a little bit and expect the lads to be a little bit more professional. But, you know, that's why I went to Kevin Ellison, was superb for us, because he was great in the testing. He was my first signing, my best signing. We had some good characters. Uh, and as I say, it's a big part. You want to instill that in your team to, to, to give you that little bit extra to do well. And how was that? So, you know, in your, in your mid-thirties, you know, you were still a player being offered the manager's job. Was that, was it something you wanted? Was it a surprise? How did it come about? I, I once, you know, I wanted to, at the end of my career, I was 35, and it was something that I wanted to get into, coaching, stay in the game, management, I really see myself more as a manager than a coach. But yeah, it just come about, obviously, Sammy left with a, a, um, a play of the year event here and a lot of people saying, you know, you're, you're next in line and yeah, I got the call off uh, Peter McGuigan to go and have a chat with him. I had a chat with him and he offered the job, put it to the board, I like some watching over there and not saying etc. And I was made up to take it, so uh, we say it was great and then we had a great pre-season. It's the first time and only time we ever went away to St Andrews, which was great because the the club paid for it and then we come back and we won a few games and then we smashed Jordy 6 0. We were top of the league and I thought, right, this is it, I'll be managing Everton six, in six months. But we fell apart a little bit with one or two injuries and suspensions and you come down to an earth with a bump. But yeah, it was, it, it happened quite quickly. Sammy moved on. Obviously, I've been club captain and been here for years and was part of the fabric and all over the place. And uh, it was something that I wanted to do. And I, I feel I'm put out to do, which is well, obviously been proven because that's all I've done over the last 11, 12 years. But yeah, it was a it pretty quick, to be honest. So it was a, the board had made their mind before they even spoke to me. And you're looking really well, which is great because I, I know you, you had you had uh, an operation, heart operation, a, a couple of years ago. Uh, can you sort of update people on how you are? You're, you're looking great. How, how is your health, Jim? Yeah, I've still got a heartbeat left there. It is. It's good. <laughs> It was a bit of a, a mad one that come out the blue. I was I was running, pain across my chest, up into my neck and my jaw, and thought nothing of it. Was, yeah, watching too much Everton, that's a good show. But uh, thought nothing of it. It happened again. Thought nothing of it again. It happened again. I thought this isn't right. I just knew that the feeling I had wasn't right. So, Mrs. rang the doctors. I was in the doctors, and then suddenly COVID kicked in. I, I become high risk, but I was on medication. I was still sore. All the stuff I was filed at the time around furlough and all that was a very stressful time. Uh, I had loads going on with that and then I was meant to have a stent uh, and then they said we can't do a stent on two blockages because it was too close to my heart and the other one was on a bend so they needed to do a double heart bypass so one of them things got the scars to show. Um, but yeah, fighting fit back in the gym. Doing a little bit of boxing training with my friend over there at Oxo, he takes me in the boxing gym and I go to the pure gym by a man and I get up walk with the dog and, and uh, I feel great. 
I'm ready to make a comeback, actually. What's your next ambition in terms of of football, which is sort of not in management at the moment. What are you, what are you looking to do next? Obviously, football. That's my love. That's what I've been in. Um, that's been my love since I left school. Which sounds mad saying 30 years ago now, but you know, I've, I've, Man City, Celtic, United. Obviously, yeah, went to AFC Five, which one of them things. Don't really want to talk too much about that. Um, but I want to get back in. You know, I've had a couple of months off. Um, I've re-energised myself, I've took a little bit of time off. It's coincided nicely with the kids being off school, one's left school now going to work, one's just leaving junior school going into senior school. So soon they become the best cook in our house, the best cleaner up and the best animal. You know, I do a little bit of everything, so... But at, at the time now, I'm looking to get back in, hopefully, but football being the way it is, it's not always guaranteed in what capacity. I'd be able to be a manager again. You know, I uh, don't see why not, but something else might come up when you think that I'm not going back. So, one thing I've learned since what's happened to me is you shouldn't worry too much and stress yourself. And I think, you know, over the years, I used to take it a little bit too hard, you know. Maybe because I've been here that long, it was my club and I felt it, and all those years of, you know, embargoes, not getting paid, and uh, takeovers, and failed takeovers, and administration, and all that. You know, you, 99.9% of managers go, it doesn't matter, I'll just look for my next, next move, but because I had that love affinity with the club, I was taking it a little bit to heart and taking it over with me and it affected it really stressed you out, so obviously what's happening now is a big wake up call to me, so what about it, it's that I don't stress myself too much, again my kids are probably tell you different because I do get stressed, but with regards to your way of, you know, there's not more important in my life you know, in life, in life, and enjoying the things in life, like your kids, like your family, like your friends, you know, people who are close to you, and I've learned to back myself off a little bit. I did that as soon as I left this football club and I went down the road. I thought I'm never, ever going to get involved in a place like that again. Because it hurt me, took ages. But that's, as I say, that's life, it's football. But I'm looking to get back in, in any capacity, or something else might come up. So, we'll see what's right at the minute. And, uh, just enjoying the sun and enjoying the time off, and we'll see what what develops as the the season you know, picks up. The New York Stadium then is the destination for Shrimps Live this coming Tuesday. Team news, the build-up and the whole of Rotherham United against Morecambe in the second round of the Carabao Cup uh, live on Beyond Radio on 103.5 and 107.5 FM and DAB Plus and on iFollow Shrimps as well. We are on air from 7.40pm. Johnny Crowther and Matt Smith bringing you the whole game live uh, whilst I continue to sun myself on holiday. Uh, but there will be another episode of the Shrimps Verdict podcast after the game on Tuesday and after every single game. Thank you so much indeed for downloading and listening to this episode. Tell your Shrimps fan friends if they don't already subscribe to do so. Uh, thanks for your company. We'll speak to you next time. Every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio.